0: This is sports in the nineties with your hosts Dave Smith and Carlos Vega.
1: I break bread with the Hennessy.
0: Dave, who are your uh, top five
1: pitchers from the nineties? Oh, I mean Maddox, Clavin. Randy Johnson, Pedro Martinez, but of course, there's one name that reigns supreme, the king of the fastball. That's right. Today we're going to be talking about arguably the most feared pitcher in the history of baseball, the hardest throwing pitcher ever. He pitched in four different decades and still dominated the game well into his 40s. He struck out more batters than anyone, but also walked more batters than anyone. He has the most no-hitters? but also the most wild pitches. He is Nolan Ryan, Texas Ranger. Where does our story begin? In Texas, of course. Alvin, Texas. Now, there is the myth of Nolan Ryan's origin. It's commonly believed that Nolan Ryan got his throwing arm from hurling newspapers on his father's rock.
0: Yeah, I heard that, but uh, that's not exactly... The case, right? Right.
1: Now, while it was true that <laughs> Nolan did work a paper route, he actually hurled the newspapers with his left hand. He wanted to clear up that misconception himself in the recently released film Facing Nolan, a documentary chronicling his life and career. I know you got a chance to see it, Dave, but uh, I did. how
0: was it? You, it was only available for one day in a the theater, right? Right. May it came 24th? out
1: uh, came out last. Uh, was May 24th, so limited release it's 7 p.m. one day only i was like i gotta see this movie but now it's actually available on prime yeah so anyone can watch it at home
0: i really like the fact that they did it that way because you know it builds that the same kind of anticipation that you had when we were going to the movies back in the 90s right like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's a throwback to just you gotta be you have to be there in order to to experience it but Fortunately for us nowadays, we can just be able to sit at home on our comfy couch and throw some popcorn in the microwave and enjoy, you know, a movie in the comforts of our own home on a pretty big TV. But back in the day, we didn't have those
1: luxuries. Right. So, uh, yeah, facing Nolan, how was it, man? It was wonderful. Uh, they had a lot of different former players, even uh, George W. Bush was on there and yeah, a, whole, a slew of different people. And it was just wonderful. Uh, so the director was inspired by The Last Dance, and he decided he, he you know, he's from Texas and he wanted to make a movie about Orion.
0: Bradley Jackson. Right. Yeah. He's like yeah he's thirty seven. He he's been you know making some films in the past and, it, and like you said he I was listening to this podcast the other day and there he had they had him on talking about you know how he got inspired during the pandemic. It was just like like we did with this podcast. So mm,
1: that's yeah. You know,
0: that, it's one of those things that. You can get inspired by just about anything, and, uh, you know, he was thinking about who was his Michael Jordan in uh, his life at the time, and of course, you know, him, uh, I think he grew up in Texas, in Houston, and Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, he was, he grew up with Nolan Ryan, as we did with Michael Jordan,
1: so. And I'm glad you mentioned that, because right after The Last Dance occurred, that's where I got the inspiration to do this podcast. Yeah, no, I mean, it, Nolan Ryan was, I mean, for us growing up, you know, for kids our
0: age, he was the guy. Fastball was synonymous with Nolan Ryan, you know, that rising heat. And then on top of it, he had this ridiculous 12-6 curveball for a right-hander mm-hmm. that nobody had seen, you know what I mean? Like, it was just, you know, the worst buckling curveball strikeouts you've ever seen. Yeah. Were by Nolan Ryan. But uh, yeah, man, let's uh, get into it, dude.
1: Yeah, so growing up, Nolan just loved throwing anything and everything, so his father put a baseball in his hands. Nolan took to it pretty well, and in junior high, was able to throw a softball over the entire length of a football field. 100 yards. Yeah. Uh, Nolan himself wasn't impressed, but the coach of Elvin High Baseball, Jim Watson, was. Watson immediately asked him to be on the varsity team, and from the start, no one could touch his fastball, and everybody was scared to death of it. Jim Watson said that no one didn't know where the ball was going, and neither did the batter, which worked to his advantage. And in many ways, that's Nolan Ryan's story in a single sentence. Yeah, he was an athlete, man, but he had just that arm. That arm from uh, a very early age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he threw so hard in high school that multiple scouts had their eye on him, but threw so wild that multiple scouts didn't give him a second look. Yeah. Now, the one scout that stayed with Ryan was Red Murph, a former pitcher also from Texas who only pitched 26 games in the major leagues, and in only 50 innings of work, struck out Frank Robinson, Ernie Banks, Jackie Robinson, Willie Mays, and Roberto Clemente. That is a list of batters to strike out. <laughs> right? Yeah, talk about the best hitters in the 60s. like Seriously. It's... Murph was a scout for the New York Mets and has often said that fate brought him to Clear Creek, Texas, where he saw Nolan pitch for the first time. Now, as soon as he got home, he jotted down notes about Nolan, and this is a quote. This skinny high school junior has the best arm I've ever seen in my life, end quote. Yeah, it yeah, pretty much sums it up, right? Mm-hmm. And Red, Yeah, Red Murph saw something in him that no one else saw. And in 1965, Nolan Ryan was drafted in the 12th round of the very first ever Major League Baseball draft. I did not know that. Was the first one, 65? 65, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the Mets then sent him to Marion, Virginia, where in 78 innings, he struck out 115, walked 56, hit eight batters, and generally confused everyone.
0: Dude, I was uh, reading some stats, and it, it said that he averaged 14 strikeouts in high school a game. Yeah, I could believe that. During his, like, junior senior year, <laughs> that's, that's <ridiculous>. I believe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the... There's the number of records that he was already breaking as a, a young phenom. Granted, like you said, the Mets, uh, you know, had some issues with his arm early on, but he eventually, I mean, he was a savior in that game three of the World Series, right? When he came out of the bullpen. And he was a bullpen pitcher, too. That was a thing, too, early on. It's like, what? Right. And he is the first save ever in Mets history. Yeah, man.
1: Yeah. Uh, Sorry, please continue. Where are we at here? He's in the uh, minors, the Minor League uh, Mets. So his first year, he threw side-armed rather than his signature slow over-the-top windup. His style was beginning to take shape. He began to throw overhand in Class A Greensville and AA Williamsport.
0: Yeah, Dave, how many uh, strikeouts did he have in the minors?
1: So in single A and double A, he pitched 202 innings, struck out 307 batters, Walked 139, threw 22 wild pitches, and went 17-4 with a 2.36 earned run average. Yeah, dude, he's striking out a lot of guys. Good start for him. That's pretty good. So there would be a game late in that season that would foreshadow Nolan Ryan's career. Now, he struck out 21 batters, but lost the game 2-1. to one. How does that happen? So he gave up a single. And that runner stole second, third, and home. That was a tying run. In oh, the 10th, a runner reached on an error, moved to third on a wild pitch, and stole home for the winning run. <laughs> That's unbelievable. But he, yeah, unfortunately, Nolan Ryan was,
0: he was the best team, the best player on a team that were, that that just, he didn't have the run support around him, right? So he's accomplishing all these crazy strikeouts and just not getting
1: any run support. That is Unheard of, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in Nolan Ryan's style of pitching, he was extremely slow to the plate, which made it really easy for runners to steal on him. Ten days after that game, Nolan Ryan made his big league debut against the Atlanta Braves, pitching two innings in relief, recorded three strikeouts, walked one, and gave up a home run. Now, close. do you know who the first player to hit a home run off of Nolan Ryan was? i gave give you a few hints. He's also a Hall of Famer, but this guy went into the Hall of Fame as a manager. Lou Pinella? No, no. Ooh, that's a good guess. That's a good guess, but this guy has more World Series rings than Lou Piniella does. Bob Brenly. Oh, no. He's, this guy, that's a good guess, too. Good, um... <laughs> I mean, uh, Bobby Cox? No. Oh, no. Bob Brenly faced this guy in the 2001 World Series. The guy on the other end of the dugout.
0: Oh, Joe Torrey.
1: Yes, yes. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I knew it was one of those, those uh, older guys. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Joe Torre. Mm-hmm. A week later, Nolan made his first major league start. It didn't go well. He only pitched one inning, gave up four hits, four runs, two walks, and a wild pitch, but he struck out the side. Ryan didn't play in the major leagues at all in 1967 due to an illness, an arm injury, and serving in the Army Reserve. Yeah, man. That guy was was a man, bro. In '68, he was back to his form, throwing harder than anyone else. The 1969 Amazing Mets won the World Series, with Nolan Ryan getting a save in Game 3, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah, he was a really critical part of that World Series. Game three, that's a big, pivotal game. Right, right. Now, this would be the only World Series ring for Ryan in his long career. He struggled with his time on the Mets, wasn't given many opportunities after he got back from Army duty. When he was in the bullpen, they didn't use him much in relief because of his lack of control, and he had control problems because he wasn't pitching often enough to be effective.
0: You have to imagine, too, dude, they were just pitching on, like, four days rest back then. Mm -hmm. You know, like, they didn't really give guys time to rest. Every fifth fifth day, you're out there. Every four days, sometimes, you're out there. Amount of innings that they put on on him. It's just
1: unbelievable, man. And no one wasn't optimistic about his baseball career initially. He didn't think he was going to last that long in the game, so it was during this time with the Mets that he would read books about ranching and banking, because he you never know how long a major league career is going to last, so Nolan was already preparing himself for life after baseball back in the sixties. Dave, how long did he serve in the military? I think it was just a, just a regular just dis- a few months stint, um, obligation. In 67? Yeah, he also wasn't optimistic about his place on the Mets roster, and on December tenth, nineteen seventy one, Nolan Ryan was traded to the California Angels along with Frank Estrada. Don Rose, Leroy Stanton, in exchange for Jim Fregosi. Now, Gil Hodges, the Mets manager, said that he traded Nolan because Ryan is the pitcher they would miss the least. Yikes! Ouch. Man, Are they wrong about that one? I mean, and you have to you know
0: remember as well. Like Nolan Ryan really looked up to you know that on um, the Mets. The Mets had Tom Seaver at the time. Tom Seaver, mm-hmm. another yeah. Hall of Famer, had him to to look up to. And, you know, I guess the Mets, they just sort of misread that situation and didn't see the big
1: picture when it came right. to, uh, you know, Nolan Ryan's career. Yeah, Nolan and Ryan didn't appreciate that comment and wanted to make Gil Hodges regret he ever said that. It wouldn't take long for Ryan to get adjusted as he went 19-16 with a 2.28 ERA and led all of baseball in strikeouts in the 1972 season. Nine of those wins were complete game shutouts. No one had 20 complete games that year with those 19 wins. Something unheard of today. He's got more He had more complete games than wins. That, that's never going to happen again. <laughs> that's bananas, dude. That's
0: insane. That's what I'm talking about with right. the uh, amount of innings. And, I mean, he was just a workhorse
1: at that point. All uh, right. The next season would be even better for him. On May 15, 1973, Nolan Ryan threw his first no-hitter against the Kansas City Royals at Royal Stadium in front of just over 12,000 fans. Huh. He struck out 12 batters, walked three, and the time of the game was two hours and 20 minutes. A pretty fast game. Yeah, yeah. Exactly two months later... He threw a second no-hitter against the Detroit Tigers at Tiger Stadium, striking out seventeen and walking four.
0: How tall was Nolan Ryan? Because he, you know, he was a, a big dude, and you know, when people were facing him, he was just an intimidating. Just he, he had no expression on his face, but he was just staring you right down. He's six two, six two. So yeah, yeah. It's not a short guy, and then when you have to imagine that uh, the mound is still a, a few inches taller too, so. Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. not a it's not a coincidence that guys like nolan ryan and randy johnson are one and two on the strikeout list and also i was i read that uh nolan ryan was also like big into weightlifting during a time when pitchers weren't weightlifting yeah like that was a Mm -hmm. thing in the 70s and 80s that pitchers weren't doing and however they were training they just they didn't have that kind of work ethic and nolan ryan just you know being from texas and bailing hay and and doing all the manual <laughs> labor that you do in Texas, he was just like, oh, okay. He would tell the trainers like, yeah, uh, Hey, don't, don't work out, you know, no need to do that. And would be like, yeah, 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 sure. And then like sneak into the <laughs> locker room and, 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 <laughs> yeah. and like, you know, and work out in the middle of it. But it's that kind of dedication to being able to get
1: better at his craft that players around the league really admired and respected about him. Yeah, definitely. In 1973, Nolan Ryan broke the single-season strikeout record with 383, breaking Sandy Koufax's record of 382. What's even more impressive was that Nolan Ryan broke the single-season strikeout record in the first season of the designated hitter. Yeah, man, he was
0: uh, on a mission as soon as he got traded to show the Mets that they, that they really messed
1: that one up. Yeah, like I said, he wanted to make him regret that comment, and boy, did he ever. Yeah. <laughs> On September 28, 1974, Nolan Ryan pitched his third no-hitter. This time at home at Anaheim Stadium, but in front of only 10,872 fans. This game, Nolan was a little wild. He walked eight batters, but struck out 15.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a good. That's good. I mean, it, it just goes to show that, like, even if you walk guys, he was still capable of getting the outs when he needed to. You Know getting guys to ground out mm-hmm. into double plays or getting key strikeouts in situations with runners around base, like Nolan Ryan was able to get guys out in some of the worst ways. Uh, there's that legendary George Brett story, right? I, I don't know if you know, oh, yeah. but yeah, there's a story, I guess, that George Brett I was again, this is Bradley Jackson retelling the story, so paraphrase a little bit. But George Brett was, uh, you know, top of the ninth, he was two to one. He was one out, and he was ready to win the game, and Nolan Ryan made him ground like a dribbler to third, like, a, you know, threw it to third to get the lead runner there, and then they threw it to home to get the guy out at home, and the game was over, right? Double play to end the game. And yeah. George Brett was still talking about it at 65, like he remembered it like it was yesterday, and it was, you know. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, something never forget. So, oh, yeah, I do remember him talking about that story. Yeah, like, it funny. It's great to hear that reference that these players had about those those moments when they faced him, and that's you know i think really cool part of that uh documentary that uh i think uh people will really enjoy because uh the way that bradley was talking talking about it it's just it's so he was so vivid and still kind of livid about the moment which is is great <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: so that's, that's, that's what competition is about right so mm-hmm. right yeah the following year he pitched his fourth no hitter on june 1st 1975 again at Anaheim Stadium. He walked four, struck out nine, and the whole game lasted two hours and one minute. Again, and you don't see that ever again. Like,
0: you'll never see that
1: again. Yeah, I think, like, the only thing I can think of close is, like, Mark Burley, his no-hitter and perfect game where Ryder just over two hours because he worked so quickly, but I can't think of any guy that works that fast anymore. No, dude. They certainly don't. Just after Nolan's 32nd birthday, he let... Angels' general manager, Buzzy Bavasi, know that he wanted a contract extension, but the Angels would not discuss it until the end of the season. And when it came down to discussing it, Buzzy was quoted as saying all he had to do to replace Ryan was pick up two pitchers with seven and six records. Wow. <laughs> right? Wow, dude, that is, that's cold, bro. Yeah. That yeah. is ice cold. No one felt hurt by that. He thought he deserved more than comments like that.
0: Seriously, dude, are you kidding me? That's the guy that's like dominating the league in strikeouts, and you're gonna say something like that? That's yeah. That's that's definitely a fractured relationship at that point, you know?
1: Right? Yeah. So he he loved playing for Gene Autry, who was the owner, because Gene Autry was a Western country Western star and he growing up in Texas, known Ryan, of course idolized and, yeah, loved playing for him, but as far as Bavassi, he's like, I won't come back if that guy is still the general manager of the team. Like, that's how much he was incensed by those comments. And I don't blame him. Yeah, it's not right. He then tested the free agent market, and on November 19th, 1979, Nolan Ryan became the first million-dollar player in baseball history when he signed with the Houston Astros. Yeah, that's... An impressive contract, and at the time, that was a lot of money for a baseball player. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. But yeah, I mean, the guy was worth it. The guy pitched four no-hitters in the span of four seasons. Yeah, he definitely got the contract he deserved. On July 4th, 1980, Nolan Ryan recorded his 3,000th strikeout, striking out Cesar Geronimo of the Cincinnati Reds, who was also Bob Gibson's 3,000th strikeout victim. On September 26th, 1981, he pitched his fifth no-hitter, against the Los Angeles Dodgers in the Houston Astrodome in front of a nationally televised audience. Oh, right on. I didn't know
0: that. Uh. I mean, it's funny because, uh, do you know what the attendance was for that game?
1: That one was a big one.
0: Yeah, you know, he was starting to get no-hitters... Record pace, obviously. So, those first two or three
1: that you mentioned, what, there was like 12,000 at the first one, 6,000 at the 6,000? Okay, so his first one, yeah, 12,000 was his first one. There was 41,000 on hand for his second one because that was, uh, I believe it was a Sunday, it was a weekend game. So, whereas like the first one was like a Tuesday night or something. And then, yeah, for his fifth no hitter, it was 32,000. So, a lot more because it was on national television and Noel Ryan at that point. He's a hot ticket, because his sixth no-hitter has 33,000, and his seventh the same. Yeah, I mean, he was putting butts into seats, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) By the end of the 1982 season, both Nolan and Steve Carlton were approaching Walter Johnson's all-time strikeout record, sometimes passing one another's career totals. And since April 27th, 1983... Nolan Ryan has been the all-time leader in strikeouts, a record that will probably never be broken.
0: Never. 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 Not probably, Dave. Never. That will be untouched because guys don't pitch like that anymore. And mm-hmm. They just don't. They don't pitch them many innings? <laughs> they just don't. Yeah. They, these guys uh, train completely differently than they did back then. Mm-hmm. You know, those are records. I mean, he has 51 major league records. Yeah. <laughs> that's... that's Again, like that nobody will touch that record. So he has a record for the most <laughs> records. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Nolan Ryan was so dominant, and once he just became this, known as like the the Ryan Express pretty early on. I mean, it was once he got on the roll. If you didn't get to him in the first inning, there was no like there very little chance that you were going to be able to get to him later in the game because he was one of those rare pitchers that, as the game wore on, he got better and his fastball got even faster. Mm-hmm. So there are you know tall tales essentially of how intimidating he was, and uh, you know the documentary really I think talks uh, a lot of those players talk about how that right mm-hmm. yeah for sure like all the guys that faced him yeah Dave Winfield George Brett you know you have yep. Pete Rose you have all the greatest hitters of the time talking about how he was the hardest guy to face just because he was such a, a capable pitcher and if he didn't get you with his fastball he was going to get you with that
1: 12-6 curveball at some point in the bat, and mm-hmm. that that thing was lethal man for sure on July 11, 1985, he recorded his 4,000th strikeout against Danny Heap. In 1987, he led the major leagues in both ERA and strikeouts at the age of 40, with a 2.76 ERA and 270 strikeouts. 270 strikeouts at age forty. At 40 years young. Yes. That's great. The Astros yeah. wanted to offer a contract for the 1989 season, but they also wanted Nolan to take a twenty percent pay cut. Hmm. Why was that? They claimed he wasn't doing as well as he has been before, and it was just age, probably he's near the yeah. end of his career. So they, Nolan, should be thankful that they're offering him a deal. Sure. And Nolan tried to stress to the Astros that the Angels made the same mistake.
0: Yeah, I mean, it sounds like uh, he was just as good as.
1: I mean. And no one wasn't asking for more money. Right. He, he wasn't demanding more money. He's He was perfectly fine keeping the same salary. Yeah. And the way he was performing, he's worth that.
0: Exactly, yeah. they. Uh, so it was a matter of They principle, wanted to I mean. just go in a different direction, huh?
1: I guess, yeah. They, they kind of made excuses as to why they were going to pay him less. And he was like, he wasn't happy about the whole situation. His agent was even more mad. So again, they decided to test the free agent market. When Nolan Ryan and his wife found out that Texas was interested, so were they. And on December 7th, 1988, he signed with the Texas Rangers, becoming the first player to play for all four expansion teams, the Mets, Angels. Astros, which were originally the Colt 45s, and the Rangers, who were originally the Washington Senators. Huh. That's a cool stat. I didn't realize that one. I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. No, I didn't realize that as as well. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stats that he's got that, again, that will never be touched. Right. On August 22nd, 1989, Nolan Ryan recorded his 5,000th strikeout. Los, do you know who it was that he struck out for number 5,000? Off the top, no, but a hit might help. The greatest leadoff hitter oh, of all time.
0: Ricky, really?
1: Yep. Oh, yep. Man. Yeah, actually, I, yeah, that makes
0: sense. Now I can I can see the play now. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, fitting. If you play in the league for 27 years, you're going to strike out a few Hall of Famers. And <laughs> it's only fitting that he, uh, Ricky Henderson was one of his many 5,000 strikeout victims, if you
1: will. Yeah, for sure, dude. Yeah. And on June 11th, 1990, he threw his sixth no-hitter against the Oakland Athletics at the Oakland Coliseum, in a lineup that did not include Mark McGuire or Jose Canseco. Hmm. How many strikeouts did he have in that game? He struck out 14 and walked two. Damn. Not bad at all. Yeah, it's pretty good. The next month, Nolan Ryan got his 300th win on July 31st, 1990, against the Milwaukee Brewers at Milwaukee County Stadium. Now, I, I watched this game, and it, it actually it gave me a great trivia question to ask you about one of the batters in this game. All right. Okay? Yeah. Who has played in the most major league ballparks? Now, it's not Nolan Ryan, obviously. Right. With batter. It's a batter. Yeah. Now, I'll give you a few hints. His Paul, Paul Molitor? No. No? You got to think. Okay. You got to think. Okay. okay. This is a guy that played when at a time when a lot of stadiums were being torn down and a lot of stadiums were being built. Okay? Okay. Now, his career spans from 1988 to 2009. He has made the All-Star Game with five different teams. You probably best remember him for being on the Braves. You personally, I would say. Was it, uh...
0: Bad. First base? Chipper Jones? No. Oh. No, wait. no, wait, hang on. Um,
1: this is really going
0: to kill me. Hang on. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm blanking right now. Gary Sheffield? Yes! Oh, man. God, that took forever. I was like, uh, yeah, no. Uh, I
1: was doing it. <laughs>
0: Gary Sheffield out of left field. You're right?
1: Yeah. You want to guess how many ballparks?
0: I mean, huh? I, mean, I would say it's at a least a dozen.
1: 24?
0: <laughs> the, the most ever?
1: Most ever. That's it. Because he played a lot of old ballparks. Right, and balls oh. got torn down, and then a bunch of new b- baseball parks. 30? 51. Damn, it's a lot of fifty-one ball ballpark. I tried to guess. I I like I jotted down like thirty from memory. So I wanted to like legitimately guess if I can if I can get them all. Yeah, and I got like I had like thirty-two. I wrote down the rest. I was like, oh, 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 Yeah, because yeah,
0: yeah. there's been a few that have been built within the two thousands as well. So yeah you know, A lot. A yeah.
1: lot. Yeah, that's so yeah, he played all those old ballparks and then he played all those new ones. Fifty one. Wow. Fifty one ballparks. That's wild, right? It is wild. So you know what it's also memorable about Nolan Ryan's three hundredth win that that game? George W. Bush, who was part owner of the Rangers at the time, was caught picking his nose on camera. Wow. On live T V. You remember? you know that infamous video of W picking his nose? Oh, that was
0: that was at that
1: was at One that that Ryan's 300th win.
0: Interesting, I do. Uh, I kind of forgot about that till you just brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you I mean you know this is again this is pre-internet. Well, this is pre-internet.
1: Yeah, this was yeah. So 90, that was 1990. 90? Yeah, yeah, that was 1990. It, but George was like sitting like right along the baseline, and they they had him on camera, and then they he's digging for gold and then they're like cut 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 (laughs) cut away yeah (laughs) cut Uh... the picture (laughs) cut to nolan yeah it's funny the legend of nolan ryan would grow even further when in the second inning of a game bo jackson hit a ground ball that bounced up and hit nolan in the face bloodying his lip and he still managed to throw Bo Jackson out on the play. And instead of leaving the game, he stays in and the image of blood on his jersey is a lasting one in the minds of baseball fans. Yeah, dude, it's pretty iconic. Just it's very representative of who he was as a man
0: to just take no shit, you know, and just very handle your business, uh
1: no matter what. Nolan mm. Ryan was all about it. On may first, nineteen ninety one, Nolan Ryan pitched his seventh no hitter against the Toronto Blue Jays in Texas at Arlington Stadium in front of a packed crowd of 33,439. It was a big crowd that day, not only because no one was pitching, but also grocery store chain Winn-Dixie gave away 10,000 tickets. Nice. Dude. Yeah, you I remember, watched this game.
0: You remember that when they used to, used to give away socks tickets? Oh yeah. oh, yeah. That was great. This game was sponsored by Game Genie. Oh, man, Gabe Genie, what a reference. <laughs> Dude, Gabe Genie was the best. The a cheat code system for all you youngsters out there. It was uh, for the Nintendo, but you added this thing. It was like a contraption you added to the game itself. Yes. You had to plug this into into the cartridge, right? But, man, mm. it gave you a book uh, of every cheat code you could possibly imagine for any video game, basically. It was the literal genie. And, uh, man, that thing was the coolest. Bring that back, Nintendo.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The final out in that no-hitter was Roberto Alomar, who, as a kid, received pitching lessons from Nolan when his father, Sandy Alomar Sr., played with him on the Angels. So, yeah. Nolan's pitching for that long where he plays with a guy, his son grows up, and then becomes a major leaguer. Dude, did you? I read this as well. Did you know
0: that he has struck out seven pairs of father sons? Every eight, I eight. Th- I, th- I thought it was eight. Was it eight? It was eight. Yeah. Regardless, that's an absurd amount that's... of father sons. To you know, like right, that that's... just goes to show how long he is longevity. Seven presidents. I'm sorry, seven administrations. Yep. Seven was... presidents. Yep, there that... it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
1: So yeah, <laughs> that's a long time to be playing baseball. In 1992, the United States Mint produced a $1 commemorative coin honoring Olympic baseball, depicting a pitcher in a Team USA uniform, but in a pose nearly identical to Ryan's photo on his 1991 Fleer baseball card. I remember that card.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to uh, get all those top sets back in the 90s,
1: and, okay. I, and I, I
0: remember the tops card. For Nolan Ryan because they, they had like a that was the what, 75th year or something uh, it was like an anniversary year 91 mm. and they had a special set but they for each strikeout leader for whatever the league leader they had a special card and I remember the Nolan Ryan one with the, the no hitter the seventh no hitter
1: mm-hmm. was a
0: really cool card yeah baseball cards man
1: what a reference there Donruss or Donruss <laughs> upper deck Donruss yes Lear, the classic score so yeah the coin would be referred to as the Nolan Ryan dollar in the coin collecting community hmm. before the 1993 season Ryan announced that he would retire at the end of the season Nolan Ryan would have one more memorable game before he retired on August 4th, 1993, the Texas Rangers were playing the Chicago White Sox, when in the top of the third, Nolan Ryan beamed Robin Ventura. Robin Ventura then charges the mound. Nolan stands his ground, puts him in a headlock, and proceeds to punch his head multiple times. Yeah, dude, gave him the biz, bro. Ryan attributes the headlock to the same maneuver he used on steers he had to brand on his Texas ranch.
0: (laughs) Absolutely, dude. Are you kidding, dude? That was totally just wrapped his arm right around him. It's one of the most iconic uh, baseball fight videos you'll ever see. Because there's a young Robin Ventura who's you know just coming into the league, coming into his zone. He's a, a young player, yeah. and Nolan Ryan's beamed a million guys, and nobody's ever you know like I think what Dave Dave Winfield was the last Winfield. guy. That, yeah. that, that, that's another Winfield good one. Winfield got too. a few
1: punches in, and then Nolan Ryan regretted that, and so he said, "If that's going to happen again, that's not going to happen again." <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah. So you know, at that point, Nolan was like, "Oh, okay, this guy wants some. Let's go." And uh, yeah, he just—he, I, I don't think Robin was expecting it from the uh, from the 41 year old. No, how old is he at that time? No, 43. Yeah, he was. This is 93, right? was last season, It was 46. It was 46. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly, dude. He wanted, like, Robin Ventura wanted the smoke, and he didn't know what he was he getting. Regretted that. But it ended up being—I remember that Sun Times issue on that following like day. It was
1: <laughs> it's Robin Ventura and I like <laughs> yeah. Never forget that. So funny. Now here's another good trivia question for you. Before that game, Robin Ventura met with a bunch of team USA players because Robin was on the nineteen eighty eight Olympic team that won the gold in Seoul. And one of those players that he met would also go on to play for the White Sox. And eventually play for Robin Ventura when he was manager. And also had his number retired by the White Sox. Frank? No, you gotta think this so the player yeah. that this, now, this is a collegiate player at the time. Yeah, so it's an amateur player, collegiate player on the Team USA team. Okay. Huh. This guy would meet Robin Ventura before that game, and he would also go on to play for him and also have his number retired.
0: One of the I most believe- beloved
1: White Sox players of all time.
0: Oh, man,
1: First dude. base, number 14. Oh, polly Canerka. Yes. polly Yeah. wow. Ah, I was like, wow. That's wild. polly Canerka. Yeah, man. The next month, on September 22nd, would be Nolan Ryan's last game. His last start, he faced the Seattle Mariners, and it was a rough one. In the first inning, he gave up a single, three walks, and a home run before facing his very last batter, Dave Magadin. Ryan fell behind, 2-0, and on the third pitch, Nolan threw a strike and felt a pop in his elbow. He had torn the ulnar lateral ligament in his right elbow. He had the motion to the dugout because he couldn't physically pitch anymore. And his last pitch was clocked at 98 miles per hour. Yeah, that's what they're saying.
0: But you know, the thing is, too, they also said that, you know, I I don't know if they talked about it in the documentary, but I was reading that they were guys that really claimed that the technology for these radar guns wasn't as fast as they are nowadays, right? Like, it's a little different how they're able to clock the actual speed from the baseball, you know, from different release points. So there are got catchers that, you know, claim that he threw well over 100 miles per hour, if not closer to like 103,
1: 104 on a regular basis. And like, right. Yeah, you no. Know. Yeah, there's the documentary Fastball. Have you ever seen that one? Mm-hmm. So at the end of the documentary, so they have all the different. Methods of which they clocked pitcher speed over the years, from Walter Johnson throwing through copper wires, Bob Feller racing a motorcycle with his pitch, and then Nolan. Nolan originally had the fastest pitch ever at 100.9 miles per hour, right? But it was 10 feet in front of home plate, was the old measurement. Now they measure it 50 feet from home plate right at the release point, okay? Gotcha. Yeah, okay. So they used Nolan Ryan's pitch back then, and they used modern recording techniques. And with modern radar, the speed was actually 108.5, the fastest pitch ever recorded.
0: Yeah, see, that's what I mean. It's like that that ball was coming at hitters way faster than they were capable to even see. You know,
1: it's like, no wonder he struck out so many dudes. Mm -hmm. He gave it all he had, throwing around... 80,000 pitches in a 27-year career. Nolan Ryan retired with several records, some of which will never be broken. Some of those include 5,714 career strikeouts, 7 no-hitters, 12 one-hitters, 18 two-hitters, 31 three-hitters, 15 200 strikeout seasons, and 6 300 strikeout seasons. Yeah, man, those are hard to touch. The 300 ones, sure. Yeah, but, but I mean, but yeah, because uh, pitchers don't go that deep anymore, and they they just don't get the inning. So I don't I don't think we'll see that. Who do you? I mean, you know, it's also that so that last game of
0: his, it was at in Seattle, mm-hmm. and they were playing the Mariners, right? And then and uh, Randy Johnson was on the Mariners at that time, so I think it's a you know looking back now, it's fitting that a young Randy Johnson was. There for that, for his last game, because he had some really fond words of, of him in regards to just how legendary Ryan was to the game of baseball and is to the game of baseball. Randy Johnson ended up playing, a, you know, numerous years after, I think 14 seasons after that last Nolan Ryan game, but he became number two on the all-time strikeout list, and he's like a thousand strikeouts behind him, Um, you know. But yeah, I mean, he's he looked up to Nolan Ryan. And uh, uh, that was a a really big deal for everybody that was able to witness that game. You know, and it's unfortunate that he left the game in that way. But Nolan Ryan, being who he is, decided, you know what, I'm going to throw one more pitch because I want to go out on my terms. And Mm -hmm. that's where he threw out like a practice pitch to see uh, whether or not he could go, you know, any further in the game. And then that's when he ended up exiting the game. But it's very fitting. The man was... A pioneer for a lot of hard-throwing pitchers, and there was nobody like Nolan Ryan before and or since. Yeah, for sure, man.
1: Nolan Ryan's career spanned seven different presidential administrations. He struck out 12 pairs of brothers, eight pairs of father and son, 47 MVPs, and has faced 27 Hall of Famers. He was the last active player from the 1960s. He struck out Roger Maris and Mark McGuire.
0: What?
1: Yeah. That's cool. He also holds the record for the fastest pitch ever thrown, as we mentioned earlier. He was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame in 1999, and his number was retired by the Angels, Astros, and Rangers. In 1995, the Texas State Legislature declared State Highway 288 as the Nolan Ryan Expressway. And just a few hundred yards away from that expressway is Nolan Ryan Junior High School. Oh, (laughs) nice. Yeah. Nolan Ryan did work in baseball after he retired. In 2008, he was hired as Texas Rangers team president, was promoted to CEO, and stayed with the team until 2013. In 2014, he accepted a position with the Houston Astros as an executive advisor. Nolan's son, Reed, was working with the team as president of business operations, but Reed was demoted after the 2019 World Series, and shortly thereafter, Nolan said he would not return to the Astros for the 2020 season. He was inducted into the Texas Trail of Fame in 2009 and the Texas Cowboy Hall of Fame in 2010. Now, when I think of Texas, the first person to come to mind is Nolan Ryan. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, he's synonymous with the state. No one personified Texas tough on the baseball diamond like Nolan Ryan. He owes his longevity to his health and the fact that he took care of his body worked out regularly at a time when baseball players simply didn't do that. That's how he was able to pitch as long as he did and go as far into games as he did. He once pitched 232 pitches in a single game. Most pitchers won't even reach that in two starts, let alone not even fathom one. There's no way. Seriously. Some of his records will never be broken because we'll never see a pitcher pitch that many innings again. Nolan had a career unlike anyone for him, and we will never see a career like it again.
0: Dave, who do you think is like the closest to Nolan Ryan that we've seen in sort of
1: the, the 2000s, like the mid-90s to, 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 to now? Let's say the last 25 years or so. I mean, Randy Johnson's the only pitcher that comes close to that type of intimidation and dominance. Right. He's, he's the only guy that comes to mind. Obviously their styles are different. He's a lefty, but in terms of just that I intimidation on the mound, yeah, Rennie Johnson comes to mind. I mean it's it's hard
0: to compare, honestly, but Felix Hernandez, when he had a stretch there for a while where, you know, he was And Pedro, you know
1: Pedro
0: stretch in the late nineties. Pedro was was pretty intimidating on the mound. Clayton Kershaw I would say is probably mm-hmm. the closest thing in the last like ten years that we've seen to somebody being able to dominate a game as as much as, with you know just
1: s- sick plethora of pitches. Right. I'd say like but Max or or Justin Verlander are probably like the two that that come to mind or the guys in the last you know ten, Flame 10 years. Flame throwers. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, those are good examples. Verlander
1: and. Him. Scherzer
0: for sure but yeah those guys they don't come along very often you know to be able to have that much success in a game that is as hard as baseball is is quite uh amazing and you know Dave we didn't even touch on the fact that he's been with his wife for
1: since they were 16 years old yeah high school sweethearts yeah and and she's been a rock for his whole career I mean she's just as competitive as he he is and she was you know deeply supportive of him his entire career and he owes a lot to her. And... Yeah, I mean, I, I think the story is pretty amazing, right? Uh,
0: that she believed in him as much as he believed in himself. And probably, you know, she's what it was not only his biggest fan, but uh, I heard that Root advocated for Nolan Ryan's eighth no-hitter. Probably more so than Nolan did, you know? Yeah. Because there's a story of uh, uh, something happened in the first inning that was like a, an error that was charged. Oh, really, they yeah, uh, they they ruled it a hit, but it should have been an error. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And then then Nolan Ryan proceeds to throw a no hitter the rest of the way. Right. (laughs) So technically Nolan Ryan should have eight Eight no no hitters. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, she was a big advocate for, you know, even up until the end of saying that, well, you know, he actually had eight. Right. Right. Yeah. For sure, dude. Just uh. A reminder that, like, behind every great man is, uh, you know, an even better woman, so.
1: Yeah, and Nolan attributes that um, in his book, Miracle Man, that I read, uh, autobiography. Very, very good read. Yeah, that's a nice uh, nice little Easter egg you got on the, uh, the Pez there today. Yes, I'm glad, okay, yeah, so I have eight Pez dispensers. I have the baseballs of all four teams of Nolan Ryan's been there. Uh, nice. And the hats of all four teams Nolan Ryan's been with. There you go. Man, look at you. Yeah, man, that's uh, that's totally
0: totally Nolan Ryan down in the corner there. I like that. Yeah, right? Yeah, man.
1: So that about wraps it up for this episode of Sports in the 90s. We're going to stay in Texas for the next episode when we talk about Friday Night Lights, the book about high school football in Texas that spawned a movie and a TV show.
0: Dude, that's great, man. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, mm. nothing, there's nothing like Texas football, man.
1: Really, is not. there's nothing like it. There is nothing, there like, is it. nothing <laughs>
0: like it. So, yeah, man, that should be a fun one.
1: Yeah, we're going to be talking about the team in the book, the impact that high school football has in Texas, as well as do some comparisons to the movie. Until next time, this is Dave Smith.
0: And Carlos Vega.
1: Reminding you to think when you drink, reduce, reuse, recycle, and whatever you do, don't mess with Texas. Giddy up. All right, bro. Later,
0: dude. I'll talk to you soon. (laughs) Love you, dog. Talk to you soon, homie. Love
1: you, man. Later.